because Anchor cut me off at an hour. And I know where I was when I finished. Somebody got in touch with me and told me I got cut off. So I thought I'd finish up. So where I was was I was talking about that 5-MEO DMT search for a provider to responsibly uh, provide this experience, this very esoteric experience even for people who are involved with psychedelics. Uh, I went through quite a few people who I spoke to who I just didn't feel were, well, I'll just say it, I thought they were hippies. <laughs> and I've just never really been that into hippies. I know some people think I'm a hippie. My sons think I'm a hippie. But I've never really gone with the whole hippie kind of aesthetic, uh, you know, I remember sometimes when I get dragged to Grateful Dead shows, somebody come up to me and be like, wow, man, Jerry is really on tonight. And I'd be like, really? <laughs> I don't know. He looks like he always looks. Um, and then the all time hippie wine was the last time I saw the Grateful Dead. Uh, Jerry Garcia was slumped over his guitar, obviously intoxicated probably with some kind of opiate and from behind me I hear the all-time hippie wail oh man Jerry's back on the junk which is the the a friend once told me that's the expression for every disappointment in life you could you could say that but so I was looking for five MEO DMT providers to have this uh, ultimate psychedelic experience and I kept having things happen where I'd talk to somebody on the phone and they'd keep saying things like right on to what I was saying. And uh, I was like, oh, don't say that, please. Don't say that. But they kept saying stuff like that. And so um, I was out of luck or, or they told me some story about how they got involved with this was that they had helped somebody having a bad trip at Burning Man. Um, and so it just wasn't going to work out. Like I was just kind of out of luck with what I was trying to accomplish. And, um, finally I found somebody, I found somebody who, who would help me and they seemed very intent on being helpful and they seemed very, uh, reasonable in their presentation of, of what they were going to do. So I found somebody and, 
I set up a group. I had a few friends who'd had experiences before who were curious about this and they were part of it. And so we made arrangements. We were going to do it in Beechwood Canyon, which was like a, like a half mile as the, as the bird flies, as the crow flies from where Aldous Huxley did the masculine that caused him to write the doors of perception that got us all into this mess. Anyway, so that week, on my, I was always thinking about all the things that could happen so that this wouldn't come together and I wouldn't have to do this because I was a little scared. Like I was thinking, well, maybe there'll be a Dodger game and there'll be an accident on the 101, you know, that, that 110 interchange off the 10 and I won't be able to get there. Or maybe the guy who's going to do it, his car will break down or maybe I'll, I'll have to do a sit that day. And I just kept thinking of all these reasons why I shouldn't do this and why I probably wouldn't be doing this. Anyway, so then I had a dream. And the dream happened on the Thursday night. And the dream was this. I dreamed I was with a provider who had a pipe and they had an assistant. There was a woman there. I think it was two women. And they handed me a pipe. And they said, inhale, and I inhaled and nothing happened. And then they said, exhale. And then when I exhaled, all the physical reality collapsed into a pin of white light and flew away at the speed of light so that all that was left of my experience was this incredible dark void. And I felt kind of terrified in the dream. I felt like, oh my God, this is terrifying, this blackness, this void. And then all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. This is where all my lives return to and emanate from. I know this place. This is all right. So I, uh, I woke up and I felt like it was okay. I felt like it was an okay thing to do. I felt like it was going to be all right. So... Sunday came. There was no car trouble. Everybody got there. I had three friends with me and everybody went before I did and they all had their own version of the experience. I kind of wanted to go first and get it over with, but I saw everyone else go through it and a really good friend of mine went through it before me and, and he seemed to be having a tough time and then he relaxed. The whole thing looked like it lasted like 20 minutes start to finish. Uh, so it was my turn and the provider handed me the pipe and I inhaled it. And I remember it tasted like tortillas. Uh, and then nothing was happening. And he said to me, now exhale it. And when I exhaled, the room and everything in it and all physical reality collapsed into a pinpoint of white light and flew away at the speed of light. And in that little dot of white light was my whole life, my family, my friends, my accomplishments, my failings, parenting, being a child, uh, my relationship with my parents, my relationships with my children and my friends, my profession. It was all in there and it was all nothing. And one of the things that the guy had said to me was that he'd asked me about my psychedelic experiences previous to this in preparation. And I told him that I'd always gotten to a certain point. And then I sort of stopped myself because I thought if I go past here, there's no return. And he said, that is not going to be a problem. 
Excuse me, I just sneezed. I've been swimming. My nasal passages are a little irritated. Anyway, um, good to be back in the pool, though. Um, anyway, so he said, that won't be a problem. And when I exhaled, the places that I had gone to before flew by in the first millisecond at the speed of light. And within like two seconds, I was sort of universes past that. And I was in this void and on the... Um, on the rails of this void was like this crystalline rainbow rail on each side. And it was like on Star Trek when they put the Enterprise into warp speed. That's how I would describe it. And I was moving so fast that I quickly, within a second or two, moved through the solar system, moved through the Milky Way galaxy, moved out into other galaxies. And things just kept getting faster and faster and faster. And at a certain point, I moved completely outside of physical reality. Like, and there was a whole reality outside of physical reality. Like, and physics says this, that 99% of reality is non-physical. So I quickly moved outside of physical reality, but I was still within these kind of like rainbow crystalline rails. And they were going, I was going faster and faster and faster. And I thought, I just really have to let this happen. Just have to relax. This has to lead somewhere. It has to be good. I was so optimistic. It reminded me of this story. I remember when I was a kid that these people had this kid and he was so optimistic. They thought he was so unrealistic about what his life was going to be like that uh, one Christmas they decided that they were just going to give him a stocking full of horse manure. So when they came out, they, they came out and he was buried. He was hip deep, head first into the, uh, into the stocking full of manure. And they said, what are you doing? And he said, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. And that was sort of my attitude was like, this has to be going somewhere great. And I know people get terrified having this experience because I did a lot of research on it. So I just kept having this faith that this was going to lead somewhere amazing. And at a certain point, the rainbow rail started breaking up from the speed because it was going so fast. They started to lose their, uh, they, they started to lose their shape and they sort of disintegrated. And then I arrived at this crystalline fountain of white light. That's how I would describe it. I would say it was bright white. It was a fountain. It was eternal. Everything had come from it, physical and non-physical, and was continuing to. It was continuing to create. It was probably where the Big Bang happened. I guess that's what it sort of I thought of at the time, but it also had this enormous amount of intelligence. And it was sentient, and it was warm. Um, it wasn't anthropomorphic at all. It wasn't like a person. It was like this incredibly warm and loving presence. And I knew that it had a, a concern for me and a positive. I was hoping for a positive outcome for me in my experiences, but also it also felt that way about trees and about dogs and about uh, killer whales and crab nebulae and other solar systems and other beings in other solar systems. It was a democracy. <laughs> like I wasn't that special. 
but I wasn't not unique either. And it was just this warm, creative, powerful, unending force. And it had a sound that it that it made like it was kind of kind of like had this metallic whirr that accompanied the fountain. And what I decided to do while I was having the experience was sound the whirr. Whir. So for about 15 minutes, I just sounded what I heard. And the reason I did it, I'm just sneezing again. Excuse me. The reason I did it was because I wanted that sound to go through my body, which I knew was somewhere and it was going to make this noise. And also, I wanted the people in the room to experience the sound. And I don't think I could make the sound for you guys, or I would, but I could at the time. And I made that sound for about 15 minutes and just felt... Oh, one of the things I realized while this happened was that the only person who'd ever stopped me or anyone from doing anything was themselves because nobody really had the interest or the energy to stop you from doing what you want to do uh, or me. And that was really liberating. And another thing that I, I realized while this was happening was that this was the reality behind all reality and that everything that wasn't aware of this was just some kind of distortion of, your, of a personal ego. Um, and that this was the reality behind reality and there was enormous amount of faith to be had in that experience. And that should animate a lot of opportunity for everybody if they'd had this experience, which I was really, really fortunate to have. I felt like it was awesome good fortune that I found my way there. Um, and it really inspired my work because I really felt like there's nothing to be afraid of. And anywhere where people are afraid, it's just some kind of distortion of not experiencing this ultimate reality. Which I also believe is what happens after death. You know, like I, uh, I think that people have a really hard time letting go of physical reality and what they've been conditioned to think that they are. And I've spoken to my mom about this because she's sort of at the end of her life. And what I've kind of told her as a metaphor from this experience is that all this, and when I say all this, I say wherever you are, uh, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, planet Earth, the whole thing, it is a bubble in the white water of a crashed wave on a top of an eternal ocean that goes on forever. So you don't need to grip onto it too tight. And anybody who thinks that they're in charge of it, they're a little confused. Anyway... So, um, that's what I got from it. And I returned to the room and a half hour later, I was literally having Thai food or Vietnamese food. I can't remember, but me and everybody else was having Vietnamese food or Thai food on Hollywood Boulevard. It was incredible. Um, and it was a remarkable experience. And it's something that I'll always be grateful for. And it is something that I always will feel 
informs the rest of my life. So that sums that up. That ties up where the story seemed to end, but it didn't really end. And I want to uh, wish you all well. I hope those stories were entertaining. I kind of feel like all of the ways that psychedelics came into my life and all of the experiences I've since had with other people has been a kind of healing in a way. It's been kind of a correction about how people understand their reality. And it's been my pleasure to help people and will continue to be my pleasure to help people reorient themselves. Um, all right. So that's that. That's a short one. Just a little addendum. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll uh, see you guys when I see you because most of my energy is going into writing, but that was fun. Bye.